You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Welcome everyone to church. So good to have you here at the 11 a.m. service. Uh, you're looking good. You're sounding good. You guys feeling all right this morning? Nice, nice. Hey, uh, it is Christmas, so welcome to Christmas at Elam, and uh, we are so excited about all the things that are going on in the next few weeks, and I want to encourage you to invite some friends and neighbors and people out to stuff. Uh, it's a great opportunity to bring the love and the hope and the message of Jesus to people over the Christmas period. And uh, we get to start, I'm starting our annual Christmas series. We're going to run that through until Christmas Day, and uh, I'm excited about that. And I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. I'm all about it, the music, decorations, everything. And one of the things I love particularly most about Christmas is the Christmas Day afternoon nap. I love that. You're my people. I, I know this. I've got some feeling coming in the room here today. You know, you come to ch- you get up early, do the presents. You come to church. You worship the Lord. You go home. You eat way too much food. You go into a food coma, and then you fall asleep on the couch. It's the most amazing thing. I, I, I have a gift for afternoon napping. It is like the Lord has just blessed me with the ability to not only preach the best messages you'll ever hear, but to also nap in the afternoon. I love it. It's, uh, but the one thing, when you, when you fall asleep in the afternoon, you have an afternoon nap, and you wake up, it's not like a normal waking up in the morning. It's, it feels like you're waking up from another dimension. You're like, oh, where am I? Who am I? What am I? You, like, you wake up and you go, did I sleep for 20 minutes or 20 years? Like, it could be either one. The other thing I find when I have afternoon naps is my dreams get crazy. Like you have normal dreams at night, but it, in the middle of you know, the afternoon nap, I'm riding a unicorn into the stratosphere. I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but some crazy dreams. You know, you know uh, in the Bible, God speaks to people a lot through dreams, right? And I've had a number of occasions in my journey where God's actually spoken to me prophetically through a, f- uh, through a few dreams, giving me direction or insight into different situations. It's been quite amazing to experience that. And as I read through the nativity story, I realized that, the, that Joseph, the father, the adoptive father of Jesus and the husband of Mary, he also had a number of dreams where God spoke to him. And as I read that, I thought, wow, it's not just the Joseph from the Old Testament who was a dreamer. It's this Joseph, he dreamed too. And that's the title of my message. So it's, it, I couldn't get any better than that. It was like, this Joseph dreamed too. That's all I had. Be blessed by that. Merry Christmas. It's the first, first, first gift of Christmas. And uh, this Joseph, he dreamed these dreams, and God would speak to him through these dreams. And what God did in the, in the opening part of this nativity story is he spoke to Joseph and gave him different direction for each dream that he had. And I, what I want to do is I want to explore these a little bit today because I, I want to ask that maybe God is saying the same thing to some of us today as we enter into this Christmas season. Are you with me this morning, church? Great. First thing God says to him is this. He says, stay. Stay. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 says this. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save the people from 
their sins. God says to Joseph, Joseph, stay. Stay with Mary. Don't, I know you've got plans to divorce her. I know you've got plans to leave this situation, but I want you to stay because there is a bigger plan at play in all of this. In fact, God is literally in this. Bex and I, um, we have two dogs. They are the fifth and sixth member of our family. Some would say the first and second members of our family. Uh, one is a one-eyed idiot. Literally, he has one eye. And then the other one is like that possessive ex-girlfriend. That's what she's like. She's just always all up in your business. So I'm trying to train these dogs, right? I'm trying to sit. I want you to like lie down, trying to get these dogs to be obedient. And one of the things I've been trying to train them to do is to stay. Sit, stay. The problem is they never want to stay where I want them to stay. They always want to go somewhere else. Isn't that true with us as well? Often when God says stay, we don't want to stay. Like we want to go somewhere else when God is saying stay. We, we go through difficulties and challenges and different seasons of life. And we're like, God, why won't you get me out of this? And God's like, stay. Because there's something I want to do. There's a bigger plan. There's a bigger picture. There's a, a greater purpose at play that you don't quite understand. Maybe God is in the midst of it. See, it's not always the plan of God to remove you from every difficult situation. God says to Joseph, Joseph, I want you to stay with Mary. I know you want to leave, but I want you to stay. I want you to discover my purpose in the midst of this. I want you to walk out the complexity of this difficult situation. How many of you know it's a difficult situation when your fiance, your wife-to-be says, I'm pregnant, and you go, oh. And you go, by the Holy Spirit, and you go, oh. <laughs> you got all your friends and neighbors asking questions, and you're like, I'm just going to leave this thing, and God's like, I want you to stay. I want you to figure out the complexity. I want you to walk out the, 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 the difficulty. I want you to go on that journey because in the midst of the journey of difficulty and complexity, actually, I'm gonna bring a greater purpose about in the midst of all this. So I want you to stay. See, friend, it's not always easy to follow God. It's not always easy to live the way God's calling you to live. It's not, life is gonna get challenging. It's gonna get difficult. There's gonna be things that go along the way and you're gonna be thinking to yourself, I just wanna get out of this. But if God has called you to stay, then there is a greater purpose at work in you and through you that God wants to bring in the midst of that difficulty. You know, we've had, um, we've had so many people in our church services across our campuses give their lives to Jesus this year. So this year, across all our locations, we would, we, I think we've seen close to 2,000 people say yes to Jesus this year. Isn't that amazing? We can give God some praise if you want to. And I know there's many of you in this room who've recommitted or committed your life to Jesus this year. Many of you in this room. I just saw a hand. I'm like, yeah, I see that hand. And here's what I know. I, as I wrote this message, I really felt God impress on me to speak to you that, that, are, that are newly come to faith. Because some of you started following Jesus and life got harder. Some of you started following Jesus and it got tough. It got more complicated. It got more difficult. And you're thinking, what? I thought he was supposed to make things better. Here's the word of the Lord for you. Stay. Stay in prayer. Stay in the word. Stay in fellowship. Stay in obedience. Stay in surrender. Stay in faith. There is a bigger plan at play that you can't quite see yet, and God is working his purpose in you and through you in the midst of it all. Stay. Where in your life, here's a question, where in your life do you want to go 
but God is saying, stay. If God is saying, stay, maybe he's in it. And maybe he's got something bigger that he wants to achieve in the midst of that challenge. Here's the second thing God says to Joseph. He says, go. Stay, now go. Matthew 2, verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. Remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night, departed to Egypt. First he says, Stay. Now he says, Go. The great honor and joy and privilege of our, my life and my and Bex's life is to be pastors. Like, it is such an um, amazing calling and it is, it is really a joy for us to be able to do this with our lives and, and to serve the church and serve God and, uh, with, with our lives full-time. This is what we do. And actually, this is the only full-time job I've ever had in my life, is to be a pastor. Literally, it's the only full-time job. I've been on staff 21 years. Uh, and uh, it is honestly just such a joy to be able to do it and, and to serve. And it's awesome. Uh, it's challenging, but it's awesome. And Sundays for us are like a big day. So it's kind of like, it's, this is a big work day for us, you know. We're here early, preach all day, you know, eat when we can, have a 17 coffees. And uh, by the end of Sunday, I'm like, I love Sunday, but I'm glad Sunday's done. Because I'm just like, oh, this is just. And then, uh, and so then I have Monday off. So my days off are Saturday and Monday, split days off. So it's been like that for, for years and years and years. So Monday's day off. And then uh, when Bex came into full-time ministry as well, when she came on staff full-time, um, I was like, great, we're going to be able to have a day off together. This is going to be awesome. And then she decided she wanted her day off on Friday. <coughs> so I was like, all good, I'll change my day off so we can have a day off together. Isn't that going to be awesome? We can have Fridays and Saturdays off together. And after three weeks of me having Fridays as my day off, she came to me and she said, babe, I love you, but you need to leave. So I love you, but I need you to go away. You're intruding on my space. This is my day off, and you need to get, for, for my sake and for your sake, I need you to go. Mm. Friends, sometimes the word of the Lord is go. Go. It's going to be better for you if you go. It's interesting to me that often when God says go, we want to stay, and when God says stay, we want to go. Isn't that true? And God says to Joseph, he says, the place where you are is no longer safe. It's no longer a life-giving place. That place where you are, where you have a home and you've got foundation, you've got comfort, that place there is no longer a place that's going to be safe for you, so you need to go. Church, when, when, when you're in something that is going to hurt you or harm you, you can't stay there anymore. You can't stay there anymore. And get this, some of you, you got hurt by somebody. Some of you, you got hurt by the church. You can't stay in bitterness anymore. It's not a good place for you to live. I know it's comfortable to stay bitter. I know it's familiar to stay bitter. Some of us even make a home in bitterness but it's not going to bring you life. It's only going to destroy. It's only going to take. So you've got to get out of bitterness. You can't stay in bitterness anymore. Some of you, you've gotten extremely comfortable in your walk with the Lord and God has told you to go and do something and you're like, I don't really want to go, but if he says go, you've got to go. 
You can't stay there anymore. I know some, for some of you, someone wronged you, someone else hurt you, but you can't live in unforgiveness anymore. It's not gonna bring you life. It's only gonna bring you harm. And I know it's so comfortable to, to hold grudges and unforgiveness, right? It's uncomfortable to forgive somebody. We can, we can get so familiar and build a home around our offense and our unforgiveness that it becomes like familiar territory, but maybe it's, that's the place where God is like, it's not bringing you life. It's only gonna destroy. It's only gonna take from you. If, you, if someone hurt you, you can't stay in unforgiveness. You have gotta get out of that. Get out of that wrong relationship, that addiction, that sinful lifestyle. Get out of gossip, get out of pride, get out of selfishness, get out of anger. All those things, although comfortable, and familiar will only do you harm. So that place that you once were comfortable in, if it's doing you harm, the word of the Lord is go, go. So where in your life is God saying go? Where in your life is God like, hey, you can't stay in that anymore. You can't allow that to be part of your world anymore. That comfortable sin that you just tolerate, you can't stay there anymore. The third thing God says to Joseph, he says, go back. Band, you guys can join me. He says, stay. He says, go. And he's like, okay, go back. Go back. Matthew 2, 19. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, rise and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. When he heard that Achaelius was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. God spoke to Joseph and he said, okay, go back, go back. It's like God is saying, hey, jo hey Joseph, you know that land that used to be a place of, harm and brokenness and destruction we hear it went through and he killed all these boys and man like a difficult place that a place of hardship and pain and loss what I want you to do is I want you to go back there because I'm going to make that place a place of hope restoration healing and purpose more than that fulfillment of prophetic vision wow to bring hope and restoration to all of humanity. So I want you to go back to that place that was broken and painful and hard. It's so interesting to me that every difficult thing I walk through in my life, as soon as I come through it, God uses it to be a place of ministry for me, for somebody. I don't know if you've noticed that. I don't know if you notice it, like you go through something really difficult and really challenging and you come through the other side, next minute you're surrounded by people who are walking through the same thing. You're like, oh, I know. I've been there, I can, I can help. I can, I can now minister to you in that. M most of you know my story, you know, got journeying through depression and anxiety. The minute I started, to, literally the day I started to come out of that hole, I was getting phone calls from people I hadn't spoken to for over 20 years, people that were in our youth ministry way back in the day, who had, for whatever, I hadn't spoken to for 20 years, but called me on the phone like, hello? They're like, oh, it's so-and-so. Do you remember me? I was in your youth ministry. I'm, I'm going through this. And I'm like, oh, dude, I've, lit I've literally been there yesterday. And then God opens a way for you to begin to bring healing to people in those different spaces. 
when I talk to people, it's the same story. It's the same story from every one of you. So you go through something, and next thing you know, God is using you to bring life into that place. What was once a place of pain and brokenness and hardship, God brings it full circle, and next thing you know, it's a place of blessing and ministry. It's the fulfillment of God's promise in Romans chapter 8 that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him and accord according to His purposes. Nothing is wasted in the economy of God. God will take everything you go through and flip it around so that you can be a blessing to somebody in the midst of it. Don't be surprised when God takes the brokenness of your life and makes it a blessing. God will take your mess and make it your ministry. God entered the mess of a manger to reveal his majesty. Wow. Wow. God takes your tests and makes them your testimony. And we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. He takes our pain and makes it a place of purpose. He takes hardship and makes it a place of hope for other people. He says to Joseph, go back. Go back to that place. So friend, where, where, what have you gone through? Where have you been? What, what did God rescue you out of? What brokenness did you come from? Maybe God is like, hey, go back. Because I, I want to use you to bring life to those people. I want to I use you to bring hope in that moment. Did you go through divorce? Some of you, you've been divorced and you're sitting here with shame just weighing you down because you're like, how could God ever use me? Go back. Help fix some broken marriages. Help heal some people who are going through the brokenness of relationship breakdown. You've been an addict. God brought you through that. Go find the addicted. Go bring hope to those in that same situation. You've been through depression. Go back to the depressed. Show them the way out. You've been through loss. Go find the grieving and the brokenhearted. Go back to them. Bring hope there. You've been a prodigal. You walked away from the Lord and you came back. Go back to the lost. They're your people. Go back to the lost. Joseph says, go back. Go back. Here's my question. Where in your life is God saying, go back? What, what mess did God rescue you out of that he wants to bring a ministry out of in your life going forward? God has this way of taking us full circle. Go back. Go back. Perhaps God wants to use that place of brokenness to be a place of blessing. Christmas is the story of Emmanuel, God with us. God incarnate, God coming, Jesus, his son, showing up to lead us into paths of life. And I want to encourage you that God with us, Jesus, he wants to lead you every step of the way in every single day of your life. And perhaps for some of us today, he's saying, it's time to stay, figure out what God wants to do in the midst of the difficulty, trust him in the process. Maybe he's saying, go, there's some stuff you need to move on from in order to find life in him. Or maybe God is saying, it's time to go back. Allow him to bring it full circle to bring blessing out of your brokenness. Can I pray for us this morning, church? Let's pray. God, we're so grateful for the Christmas season that it just reminds us again that you so love the world that you gave your only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And we thank you for your leading and direction of Joseph 
into the life you had for him and into the plans and purposes you have. And God, we pray the same for us. Help us to stay where you want us to stay. Help us to go when you ask us to go. And help us to go back to discover your great purpose out of the brokenness of our lives. Help us to be obedient to your voice, I pray. Friends, I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here today, just want to have your eyes still closed and never hear about it. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never made a decision to follow him, or maybe you'd be honest today and say, Steve, my life is far from him. I come to church, I, I, I've done the church thing, but I'm far from God. Maybe you've fallen away. Maybe you even come to church every single week and you know how to play the game, but you're far from God. Truth is, friends, God loves you, God made you. God has a great plan for your life. We all sin, we all mess up, we all fall short of his standard. And the payment due for our sin is death. But God in his grace sent his own son Jesus to a cross. When he died on that cross, he took the payment that you and I would do. He paid our debt. He conquered death in the grave and he rose again to new life. And he extends to every single person forgiveness, grace. A new life that begins right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. God will make you brand new from the inside out. You get to walk into the plans that God has got for your life. He's got a plan for you, friend. And then there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with him. And if you're here today and you're not right with God, but you want to be, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. I'll pray this out loud. You just pray it in your heart. Just say these words. Say, God, today, I give you my life. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up, but I believe that Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my own ways and I turn to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my wrongs. Take them away from me. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life today. I ask you to take control. And I choose from this day and this moment to follow you and live for you. In Jesus' name. Just while your eyes still closed and every head bowed. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to do something really brave for me. What I'm going to do is really quickly, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if you prayed that prayer and you got right with God today, I want you to put your hand up nice and high so I can see it when I get to three. Now, I'm not doing that to stand you up. All I'll do is I'll see you, I'll acknowledge you, and you can put your hand straight back down. I want you to take this little step of faith. It's just putting a little bit of action to your decision. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Hands going up nice and high right now saying, that's me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you up top. Amazing. Yeah, here in the middle. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yep, right down the back. I see you. Thank you. Yep, right there. Thank you, sweetheart. That's amazing. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. God, we thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for, Lord, every blessing you pour out on us. We thank you for the great gift of the cross and your love, Jesus. So, Lord, we just pray you bless those who just said yes to you. Lord, we thank you that they are born again. They are new creations. And, God, I pray that you just go before them, go with them. May they know the exceeding abundance of God in their lives, we ask in Jesus' name. Come on, church, can we put our hands together? Let's just thank and congratulate every single person that just said yes. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz